Let us see if we can put this together. Now, as he drew near, we are looking at, you know, the last week of Jesus' life. And this morning, we're going to talk about tears of sovereign mercy. He saw the city and he wept over it. Saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, remember destiny. The things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. He looks further into the future for them, for the days will come. Upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you and surround you and close you in on every side. You want to see that he is seeing all this and tears of mercy are flowing from God the Father through his son Jesus Christ. Because Hebrews chapter 1 says that he is the exact and perfect expression of the Father. He talks about they will level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave you in, leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation speaking about that city and that temple. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit Together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The prophet Jeremiah, known as the prophet of tears, prayed this prayer, reflecting God again, his heart. Oh, that my head were waters and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night. For the slaying of the daughter of my people. Who is like God? Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity. Passing over the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever. Because he delights in mercy. He will have, he will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast, you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. So is the reading. Tears of sovereign mercy. As he drew near, he wept over the city. As he looked forward, and saw the future, all because they missed their moment in time and their opportunity to receive Jesus Christ into 
their lives. As he makes his entrance in the last week of his life, these things are close to his heart. He weeps over the people's reluctance. He weeps over their refusal to accept his grace. And he weeps over the impending destruction. He weeps over the tragedy of lost opportunity. And of course, his tears are tears of mercy. Yes. So what is mercy? It's compassion or forgiveness that is shown towards someone when it is within that someone's power to punish or harm. Yes. Mercy. It is tender-hearted, loving compassion for people and people's needs. It's kindness that's exercised toward those who may be miserable, who need pity and compassion and forbearance and patience and self-control and restraint and gentleness. Mercy. Mercy employs every means that there is to serve the needs of people, to meet the repentance. When, a, when a, an offender repents, it moves to remove all the obstacles that are out of the way or that are in the way, to out of the way. Mercy, mercy doesn't issue punishment that we deserve even though we know they're guilty. Mercy, yes. Mercy is God's bridge. It connects God with man. Man with God, and even men to men. Yes, it does. Mercy is looking for a home. Yes, in life that will live, that it can live through, just like it lived through Jesus Christ. Mercy is what love does. It responds to human need in an unexpected and unmerited way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish. Mercy is endeavoring to keep us from devastation and destruction. 
that's inevitable in our path were it not for mercy. Amen? Hallelujah. You see, it's easier for God to hold back anger than it is mercy. Mercy is the leading revelation of his goodness. Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 and 7. Psalms chapter 30, verse 5 says, His anger is for a moment, but his mercy is for life. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It is through mercy we experience the love of God, the pardon of God, excuse me, and new hope. And Jesus has become the living and visible expression and person of mercy. It says in Hebrews chapter 2 that one of the goals was that he might become a merciful and high and faithful high priest. You see, love in its truest form is not just a feeling. No, but it enters because of mercy into our history into our lives and begins to act. Mercy is God's ID card. It is first of all mercy. Mercy. Yes. Jesus in his life showed us what it means to be merciful. He healed the sick. He passed out the medicine of mercy. Yes, because mercy is so powerful that it's one of the greatest tools in God's kingdom. Mercy. In this medicine of mercy, he welcomed the strangers. He pardoned those who persecuted him and killed them, him. His mercy is so paramount that in Psalms 136, which is a quite of a lengthy psalm, but after every declaration, it holds up the sign. His mercy endures forever. Oh, hallelujah. How's your mercy today? The wonderful power of mercy is that it joins us together in spite of our differences. God values mercy. Mercy. 
I love the passage of scripture that says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. He spoke to the Pharisees a similar phrase. He desires mercy and not sacrifice. And so what is he saying? What does it mean? He's saying you need to get your heart into your sacrifices. It means to entangle your heart in other people's lives. Yes. Not in a judgment seat, but bringing the mercy seat into their lives. The fact of it's what they deserve has no place in mercy. No. Mercy is reaching across the table. Mercy looks beyond the person's history toward the person's future. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. Amen. Because we have received mercy, we are to be people of mercy. Mercy is that force that's given that awakens us to new life in future hope. When God takes dead people and gives them resurrected life. It was Ephesians that says, he made you alive. You were dead. Your heir of life, your trespasses, your sins made you dead. So you're a walking around corpse. It says you're spiritually dead. You have no passion for the eternal things of God. But there's good news. There's hope. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, his mercy has raised us up. He doesn't leave you in the state. He lifts you up. Oh, hallelujah. And not just any kind of up. He says, come on, sit beside me. Heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's not an ordinary place. It's a place of divine mercy. That sinner could sit next to holy God. That imperfect man, Hudain, could be welcomed into the arms of he who knows no sin, but became sin for us so he could transfer to us the righteousness of himself. Oh, hallelujah.
mercy and grace, both are very expensive. They're very expensive. Yes. But the return is out of this world. The cost is high, but the benefits are unreal. Yes. Jesus Christ and the cross is God's mercy seat. The Old Testament, there was that holy of holies with a great veil between it. Within that, there was the Ark of the Covenant. On top of that Ark of the Covenant was a mercy seat. And on that mercy seat, once a year, the high priest would take the God-authorized blood of the sacrifice and place it up on it to cover something that was in it. What was in it? The pot of manna. What did it represent? It represents man's rejection of God's provision. Aaron's rod that budded, it meant their rejection of God's leadership. The commandments, it mean, meant the rejection of God's standard of holiness. But there in that moment of sacrifice and blood, it was covered. It was covered. And so the guilty could go free. Oh, hallelujah. The mercy seat of Jesus Christ. And so when we give mercy, we are bringing the mercy seat of God to the people because that's what Jesus was doing. He was bringing the mercy seat of God to the people when the veil was rent in twain. And of course, we're ahead of the story, you know, but it bears looking at when that veil was rent in twain, giving everybody access to the mercy of God. Yes. Not just something that had been available only once a year and would just kind of trail off, but something that was available every day of the year. Every moment of the day from now until the end. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Yes. You see, with mercy, you don't get a ticket. You're thinking about that, aren't you? Mercy shows up and stops you because you're speeding.
He lets you know you're speeding, but he doesn't write you a ticket. And then grace comes along and sees what is needed to stop you from speeding. So that you don't endanger your life. It's kind of like this. If state patrol pulls you over and because you're speeding and he, you know, talks to you about it. And he says, well, I'm not going to give you a ticket. I'm going to give you mercy. And then he notices the vehicle that you're riding in and the tires are really bald. And you know what I mean? They and themselves are dangerous. He says, by the way, let me buy you some new tires. Because he doesn't want you derailing in life. He don't want mishaps happening in your life. He wants to secure the journey in safety. Amen. Hallelujah. He wants you to get from the present destination, you know, tomorrow's destination. Oh, yes, he does. Mercy deals with the present grace provides for your journey forward. And so in this Palm Sunday, tears of sovereign mercy, we get some insight in how to respond to blindness, how to respond to hostility. Though he was rejected, his mercy was not deterred. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Jesus, in that passage of Scripture, he's weeping over their blindness. He's weeping over the impending misery that was into their future. And though there was peace that belonged to them, mercy wants to see to it that you get the peace that God has planned for your life. Mercy also weeps over the missed blessings. Doesn't want you to miss the blessing. Imagine this merciful and mighty God the one who rules the universe. He can heal diseases, the blind to see, the lame have walked. Spirits obey him, storms are stilled. He's walked on water, he's fed the multitudes. He knows there's a guarantee of his rule. It's not an if thing. But he gives Mercy first. Yes. What an amazing picture of mercy. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. 
we didn't really recognize the degree and the measure of it. We interpreted it that he's smitten, stricken, and afflicted. There's something wrong with him. And although we have modern terminology for it today, people say, why does God let this and why does God let that? It's not so much God letting, it's God doing. God has given mercy. So as we look at these sovereign tears of mercy, let me give you three points. In mercy, Jesus tenderly moved. Yes. Even though this city had seen the most powerful and mightiest of miracles, and even mercy granted to it, you know, historically. And even though they refused to accept his invitation, even their rejection could not stop mercy. Yes. You see, even in your faith and in your strong faith and in your believing that God's in control and, you know, everything is going to work out, it should not stop you from tears with regard to the plight of some people. It should bring us to tears. Yes. The Apostle Paul talks about some holy tears from his own life in Philippians chapter 3. As he looked at the air, air that was times so prominent in the Christian world, it moved him to tears. He said that I am weeping even now. Tears that flow from mercy is what God was looking for. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Jesus had enough compassion for Jerusalem that he wept. Yes. Should we weep? For other people's losses? I think so. I think so. The promise is, as my musicians come this morning, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. 
says that Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, it seems like there's tremendous benefit when you have tears for the plight and the situations of humanity. Oh, yes. He saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion because they were weary, scattered, sheep without a shepherd. Yes. Mercy. There's a story. It's the story of the prodigal son, if you remember it. And that mercy ran to meet him. Not arm's length. It ran to meet him. And then we see mercy in relationship to the elder brother who's got a bad attitude. He doesn't like the mercy that's been shown to all he can see is the mistakes of this guy, this renegade. All he could picture was, you know, his wastefulness. And so the father leaves the party and goes out and appeals to him, tries to show him You know, the scripture says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You know, vengeance sometimes feels really good. (laughs) Huh? Oh, none of you guys have felt that. (laughs) Feels really good, you know? But it has a horrible outcome. It not only poisons you, it draws up the bridge of mercy. It's tenderly moved. God give us tears as a church. When Jeremiah said, oh, that my head were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain daughters of my people. Okay. A passage of scripture in Revelation chapter 5. There, in that bowl, are the tears of the intercessor. The tears that have made in behalf of the helpless, the unlovely, the adulterer, the murderer, 
by the way, there's more people that probably are guilty of murder than just those who have murdered with some physical. Yeah. We won't go there this morning because that'll be pretty hard, Juan Gordy. You know, yeah, yeah. But it moves with tenderness. It moves with self-denying. And though that mercy of self-denying was painful in this short run, the great reward of it in the long run. Jesus moved intentionally towards suffering and death. In Luke chapter 18, as he tells his disciples, we've got to go up there. We're going up to Jerusalem. And there I will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. They will scourge me and they will kill me. But whenever you give mercy, there will always be a third day that comes into your life. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. There will be a resurrection. Because mercy is the soil from which resurrection springs. What an amazing thing as he denied what was good for himself what might be good for those that didn't deserve it he has showed the old man what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God so mercy and self with self-denial as you see a need and you move toward it no matter what the cost is. Jesus' tears were the tears of a man who was moving toward need. He was moving toward need. And so Jesus, he moved tenderly, he moved in self-denying, and thirdly, he moved with the intention of helping. Yes. Everyone needs mercy because everyone has messed up. Yes. Even as mercy ran to the prodigal, let us run with mercy to the prodigals. Stand with me this morning. Yes. Now, in Romans chapter 
12, verse 1. My brain's a little slow once in a while. <laughs> I therefore, brethren, beseech you by the tender mercies of God based upon that mercy. Yes. He begins to outline the effect of mercy and the running of running in mercy in what it really is about. Oh, think about it. Yes. That mercy. We are to put on the robe or the coat of mercy. The Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians, as the elect of God put on tender mercies, kindness, bearing with one another in love. He says, you got to put it on. But in order to put it on, he says, we have to first put off. Yes. He says, you must disrobe yourself of anger of wrath, of malice, of lying. Disrobe. Oh, hallelujah. And then, go ahead. Put on the coat of mercy. And walk around with the coat on. Amen? Yeah. Walk around. You know what I mean? With it influencing you and, you know, everything that you do and everything that you say and how you function and how you operate. You're as guilty as blank. <laughs> we don't say those words, do we? No. Well, we understand them. <laughs> But I give you mercy because I was guilty as and I got mercy. Amen. As we sing something, Karen and Mark, oh, hallelujah. We ask ourselves this morning, and I thank the Holy Spirit. I, I know he is in my life, and as we move forward, you know what I mean? How are we doing in the ministry of mercy? How are we doing? How tenderly are we moving these days? The conflicts that are out there that are very visible. 
when it comes to our enemies. He's the one that crushes them, not us. We're supposed to give mercy. And if there's crushing that needs to be done, he will take care of it. Praise the name of the Lord. And that's a tall order. Amen. Could I share one more story with you? It's late, I know. But you know, I quit at 11 last week. So I have till 11.30 this week. (laughs) No. Let me tell you a true story. But I think just paints a picture for us is God is touching our hearts. Because mercy is the bringing in of hope. And the story is that a little baby was born. And the situation was as bleak as could be to the point that all the medical people said It's hopeless. It's hopeless. And of course the mother as she questioned the doctor and she felt like screaming and just getting in his face. She didn't say much but in her heart she was weeping and against all of the advice they didn't pull the plug. And here's what the doctor said, which will give us a point of where hopelessness is at. He said, it's one step above death. It is hopeless. Think about that. That hopelessness is one step above death naturally and spiritually that's why we can't unplug the life support the mercies of God endures forever now That little child runs in, though handicapped, marathons. That little child does sports. Because mercy brought hope and yes some people are one step above death but and then the next thing is that child lives its life with a handicap but it still lives hallelujah and there will be those that will live their life with handicaps things that we look at things that we you know just seem they just don't seem to coincide with Christianity and with Jesus Christ but because of his mercy and his grace hallelujah people can live with handicaps give the Lord a praise this morning Amen.
You can live with a handicap. We all got them, but we're living all because of the mercy and the grace of God. One more time, we'll let you go as you practice mercy in counting your blessings this week. Amen. Hallelujah. Let the Holy Spirit close you today with the robe, not only of righteousness, but of mercy. Go with God and he's going with you. Amen.